Hello and welcome to Grace Life Sir Lowry's Pass. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Okay, so last week we started looking at Romans 5 and a few main points that we made was that if you doubt your salvation, if you doubt that you are truly saved, you need to get into the scriptures and base your salvation on what the scriptures say and not on what you feel, not on what you think, not on what you see in your behavior. The word says that we are saved by God's grace through faith, by believing the gospel. No? That is what God's word says. Are you going to go against God's word? Do you think you're smarter than God? No. <laughs> so go with what God's word says about your salvation. No? It's as simple as that. Doing that will remove doubt and double-mindedness with regard to your salvation and also the way you see God. No? We said that we need to become firmly rooted like trees in the truth. A tree will not be moved because it has thousands of roots digging into the ground, curling around stones and pipes and, and rocks and boulders in the ground. In the same way, our thoughts and minds need to be rooted in Jesus. No? So when the winds blow and the storms come, the storms of life, what will happen? We will not fall over. No? We will remain standing because we are rooted in Jesus. No? We looked at how having this focus, knowing that you are right with God, how that will bring you peace. Peace that uh, transcends all understanding. No? When you know that there is peace between you and God, that He is pleased with you, that He isn't angry with you, that He isn't irritated or frustrated with you, that you do not have to perform for Him, that that peace will bring joy and true happiness into your life. No? The more we know we are righteous, the more we know how good our relationship with God is, the more we will have peace. And the more peace we have, the more joy we will have as well. We looked at how God saved us while we were still sinners. I know we say that a lot, but think about it. No? Think about where you were. We were in a pit. We looked at uh, Psalm 40. We were in a pit in the mud. No? And in that situation, while we were in that position, God saved us to be in relationship with us. And He did that through Jesus. He pulled us out and He lifted us up. Psalm 40 says that He set our feet on solid ground. Now if He saved you in that condition, in a lost condition, already not saved condition, 
in a filthy condition, in a condition of enmity towards Him. Our hearts were enemies towards God. If He saved you from that position, why would He cast you back into the mud? Why would He cast you back into the pit? Why would He leave you or forsake you? If you are then saved, if you are then His child, it doesn't make any sense, huh? Why would God reject you if you make a mistake? Why would God reject you for your sin if He paid for your sin already? We need to think about that, man. Lastly, we saw God wants to fellowship with us. He wants to have a deep and intimate relationship with you. He has the best in mind for you. The key verse for me from last week's message is Romans 5 verse 1. You can open your Bibles there at Romans 5. Romans 5 verse 1. There were many verses in Romans 5 that is excellent, beautiful verses. Very, very important. Very important. And it's easy to highlight the whole Romans 5, huh? But what stood out to me is verse one, <coughs> verse 1 that says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight, by faith, by faith, we have peace. We have peace. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. That's beautiful. Eh? What a beautiful and encouraging but mind-blowing verse. If you have been born again, you are in right you are right in God's sight, eh? no matter what. If you are born again, you are right in God's sight, no matter what. It is not based on your performance. It is because of what Jesus has done for you. It is based on His performance, on your behalf. No? What Jesus did is done. It cannot be undone. No? It cannot be made as if it didn't happen. It, it is so. It is a fact. It is a fact of history, in fact. No? You have peace with God. Amen. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Don't focus on anything else. Think about this fact. You have peace with God. Let Him minister that to your heart. Silence every thought that says, No but. No but this. No but I still. No but. Silence those voices in your head. God says that there is peace between you and Him. Keep your eyes closed. Let the Holy Spirit minister this to you.
Let him speak this to your heart. Let him convince you of this. This is very, very important. God says that there is peace between him and you. Silence every voice that says no but. There is no but. There is peace between you and God. I want you to hear God say, I love you, my child. Hear it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are now coming and you are speaking to our hearts this morning. I love you, my child. That is what God is saying to you. I love you. Have you accepted my love? I am not angry at you. Hear God say that to your heart. I am not angry with you. I am not disappointed in you. Hear God say, I have taken all your sins away. Settle this in your heart. Your sins have been taken away. You have been washed by the blood of God Himself. You are pure. You are pure. Silence those voices that say, No, but. No, but doesn't exist. You are pure and holy. You are right in God's sight. Believe it. Grab onto it. Let your roots grow down into Christ. Let your roots grow down into this truth. You are holy. You are perfect. You are righteous. It doesn't matter what. If you believed the gospel, it is so. It is so. Let nothing convince you otherwise. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you dwell on the inside of each and every one of us. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God lives in you. You are one with Him. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God says to you, you will be with me forever. You will be with me forever. That is what God is saying to you. Accept it. Believe it. Silence the voices that say, no, but. There is no voice. Silence those voices. You are accepted. You are beloved. You are His most treasured possession. That is who you are. Silence the voices that says, No, but. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come this morning and that we open up to you now, Holy Spirit. We open up our hearts and we humble ourselves. Because it takes humility not to say no, 
but we humble ourselves. There is nothing. Your word, Lord, is what the truth is. Your word is the highest truth. It is not our feelings. It is not our thoughts. It is nothing that we can say or do. It is not our mistakes. It is not who we are. Your word is the truth. And your word is the highest truth. We receive now, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you ministered to our hearts this truth. Thank you, Lord, that we grow deep down into your love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. How does that feel? Don't you feel at peace? Amen. Don't you feel happy? Oh yeah. Amen. And you can do that anytime. You can go and you open a car in your inner chamber wherever you do time with the God. Anytime, close your eyes, ask God to minister to your heart. God is real. God is real and He wants to express His love to you. He really does. That is why He died for us. He died so that He can minister to you. He died so that He can have intimacy with you. Let's give Him that opportunity every day to minister to our hearts. And all you have to do is open up your word and read it. Ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, reveal to me who I am. Reveal to me your heart, Holy Spirit. And He is faithful because that is why He died for you. To have intimacy with you. To have relationship with you. You think He won't come to you? You think there is separation between you and God? <laughs> he died for you. And He rose from the dead. He defeated death for you. Yes, Let me move on before I start crying. Today we are continuing in Romans 5. We will be looking at verses 12 to 21. This is a very well known piece of scripture. Paul's goal here at the end of Romans 5 is to make another comparison to show how great God's grace is. Hoeveel genade God That is what Paulus' doel is. That is Paul's goal is to show us the grace of God. Let's read through it. Romans 5 verse 12 to the end of Romans 5. <coughs> Adam and Christ contrasted. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone. For everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given. But it was not counted as sin 
because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died, from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God, as Adam did. Now Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ, who was yet to come. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, who is that? Jesus. Jesus eh? Obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. It was already abundant, but it became more abundant. So that just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now... God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's awesome. And that is the scripture that we are going to look at this morning. Romans 5 verse 12. When Adam sinned, Sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Okay, so what does that mean? So Paul begins to make a statement here in verse 12, but then he adds in another thought in verses, this is now I'm explaining the structure to you of what Paul's argument is here. Okay, what he's writing here. Um, he, he adds in another thought in verses 13 to 17. But he continues his original statement in verse 18. Okay, so 
I'm going to read Romans 5 verse 12 and then I want someone to read for me verse 18 and 19. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. And then, Anthony. Yes, so well, that is the thought that, that Paul is sharing. He started in 12 and then he interjected another thought. Okay, he explained something. But then in verse 18 and 19, it continues with the original thought. So that is what Paul is getting at. Okay, Paul is making a comparison between the first Adam eh? or the first man, Adam. And Jesus by contrasting them okay if we compare something what do we do we look at how they are the same compare you look at how they are the same okay? if you contrast you look at how they are different you understand compare look at how they are the same contrast look at how they are different okay Let's look at it. Adam disobeyed God. Jesus obeyed God. No? Adam's disobedience caused sin to enter the world and all people. The human race became infected with sin because of Adam. That sin made us enemies in our hearts towards God. It brought separation between us and God. Jesus' obedience to God made it possible for all to be made righteous again. For all to have a right relationship with God again. Jesus brought reconciliation. He restored our relationship with God. So where Adam, Adam's sin caused a separation, Jesus restored that. Eh? No more separation. You understand? Yes. Adam's sin brought death into the world. I'm so glad that this verse is in the Bible. It makes so clear that God did not bring death. Yes. No? Jesus brought new life. That's where life comes from. God brings life. No? Jesus brought new life to everyone. That's a very good verse to use at funerals. So Adam's sin brought death. Jesus brought life. He's contrasting. Okay. He's making a comparison by contrasting. He's looking at how they are the same by looking at how they are different. <laughs> okay. Paul is saying that we inherited sin independent of our actions. Okay? We inherited sin from Adam. Our hearts were crooked and far from God because we inherited sin from Adam, the first man. Okay? Do you understand? Yes. We are sinners because of Adam. 
But we also inherit God's righteousness. Not based on our actions, but when we are born again. Okay? We inherit God's righteousness, but you don't inherit it automatically. You, you only get that righteousness if you are born again. Okay? But Adam, you inherit his sin. Okay? Forcefully. We all inherit sin. But righteousness is inherited by faith. Okay? The reasoning is that if we became sinners through what one man did, then we can also become righteous through one man, the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul then starts explaining another thought. I think he explains how the actions and the effect of those actions of Adam and Jesus cannot be compared. He is contrasting them. Okay, so what did we see the, the contrast now? Adam disobeyed God. Jesus obeyed God. Adam's disobedience and sin caused separation. Jesus, restoration. restoration. Adam, sin brought death into the world. Jesus brings life. Okay. Um, so those are the comparisons that Paul is, is drawing here. Um, Adam's sin brings sin into all of us, where Jesus brings righteousness. Okay. Romans 5 verse 13. Romans 5 verse 13 says, Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses. Even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God, as Adam did, even they died. Ne? Okay. Now Adam is a symbol and a representation of Christ who was yet to come. At that time, Jesus was yet to come. Okay. It was before Jesus came. So from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, there was no law. Okay? There was nothing that said, you will not steal. You will not murder. People were living according to their consciences. Alechavietes. Okay? Their consciences. That conscience was enough to make them guilty. Okay. There were no laws to break. When Moses gave the law, then there were laws to break. Do you understand? And the law said that anyone who breaks the law should be killed as punishment. Just one example, Exodus 21, Exodus 21 verse 12, you don't have to write this down, says anyone who assaults and kills another person must be put to death. Okay, so if they sinned, the law said they must be put to death. Okay, you understand? So the moment the law came, when someone did something wrong, that wrongdoing that they did was laid against them. Okay, it was charged to your account. Think of a bank account. If you buy something, 
it is charged to your, to your account and it must be paid. Ne? If you buy something, you need to pay for it. You owe money because you bought something and the debt must be paid. Now, when the law came into effect, when you did something wrong, you had to pay for it. That's what the law said. When you do something wrong, you have to pay for it. And the payment that the law demanded many times was death. Okay? Sin led to death. People died because of their sin when the law came by punishment. Yes. You Am I making myself clear? Do you yes. understand? Yes. Because the law was there that said you must die if you sin. Yes. That is why people died when the law came. Okay? But what he is saying is that people died because of punishment for sin when the law was given. Yes. yes. But they were also dying before the law was given. Okay? Sin did not need the law to kill you. Sin. Sin, yeah. Sonder. This shows us that even when God doesn't judge sin through the law, eh? sin is still deadly. Sin is still deadly. And it's still led to death. Today, God is not judging us for our sin. Thanks to Jesus. Amen. Eh? Because He took the punishment that we deserved. He paid the debt that we owed by dying in our place. We should have died for our sins, ne? Yes. but instead He died for our sins. But sin is still deadly. And that is one of the reasons why we should avoid sin. Sin is still deadly. Even though your sin has been paid for, even though you are forgiven, Sin is still deadly. The end of verse 14 says, Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ. Adam and Jesus is only the same. Adam and Jesus is only the same in the sense that both of them radically changed the human race. Okay, that's the only way that they are the same. They are the same in the sense that they changed the human race. Do you understand? But their actions and what came from their actions is not the same. you understand? The comparison, how they are the same, stops. Where what they did was they changed the human race. Okay? 1 Corinthians 15 verse 21. You can go there. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 21. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 21. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man... Now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. You see the similarity, the comparison, the sameness? No? Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ 
will be given new life. Both men drastically changed the world. One for bad, one for good. Ne? Once again, an excellent verse to use at funerals. <laughs> It shows clearly that death came through man and life came, comes from God. No? no confusion. Okay, so let's go back to Romans 5 verse 15. You can keep your finger in Romans 5 because that's the verses that we are looking at this morning. No? Romans 5 verse 15. But there is a great difference there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. Okay. So Paul begins here to show us the greatness and the power of grace. By contrasting it with sin and death. Okay? As terrible as death is, much more greater is God's grace. Much more abundant is the life that He gives. Huh? Think about that. We got both for free. Sin and death we got for free when Adam, uh, from Adam, and we had no choice about it. Okay, while grace, forgiveness, and life we also get absolutely for free from God, but to receive it, you need to believe. Eh? One is inherited by force, the other is inherited, but it is offered as a free gift with a choice. That shows us something about the character of God in the beginning. He created us with free will. He made sure that we can choose Him because we want to choose Him. Yeah. We see His goodness and we choose Him. Amen. He did not make us like robots that He could program us to love Him without any choice. No? With free will comes real love. If you take, a, if you take away free will, there is no love. No? You can't love someone if you are being forced to love them. No? You understand that? Therefore, just like in the beginning He gave us free will, He also gives us free will with regards to salvation. Therefore, when He offers us salvation and eternal life, even though it is what He knows is good for us, God wants you to have all people. God wants all people to have eternal life. He wants it desperately. But he will not force it on anyone. That's amazing, huh? You know, sometimes you have children, even if we have friends and family that are struggling with certain things, you know what's best for them. You want them to have what's best for them. You want to help them. No? Yes. Sometimes we feel, can I just force you to take this? Can I just force you to change? God is not like that. He extends the gift and it is our choice to receive it. Romans 5 verse 16 Romans 5 verse 16 says and the result the result that's key word there eh? the, re 
the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God. Condemnation. What is condemnation? It is to be declared unfit for use. It is to be declared worthless. Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. Okay? Adam's one sin produced a sin nature in all men that in turn caused each person to commit individual acts of sin. Okay, so that original sin that we inherited from Adam, that is what causes us to make mistakes. That is what causes us to commit sins. Okay, it is not the sins, the individual acts of sin that we do that makes us sinners. What makes us sinners? It is the inherited sin from Adam. Do you understand the difference? You are sinners, or we were, let's say were, because none of us here is still sinners. You were a sinner because of what Adam did, because of Adam's sin. Adam's sin in us caused us to sin, to do individual acts of sin. Do you understand? Okay. In the same way, individual acts of sin, now that we are believers, cannot cause you to be a sinner. Yes. Because the root of sin has been taken out. You understand? Because the root, Adam's sin has been removed from us. Therefore, now we are saints. We are holy ones. Do you understand? Yes. I hope so. Jesus not only dealt with the original sin that contaminated the human race, but he also dealt with each individual act of sin. Romans 5 verse 17. Romans 5 verse 17. Oh, don't like it, woman. <laughs> Romans 5 verse 17. For the sin of this one man... Adam caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. He says, cause death to rule like a king. I get the picture of a king. Death is ruling like a king over the human race. But then Jesus came and he defeated that king. And now he is on the throne. No? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Verse 18. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life. Say new life. New life. For everyone. Amen. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. Okay. 
I think Paul's words are quite clear. Verse 17 stands out to me. What we receive from God is much greater in power, much greater in effect than what the devil could ever produce. Amen. Amen. Sin and death are nothing in comparison to God's goodness. His love, His grace, and the life that He gives. Death is something that will come to an end, just like the one who brought death will come to an end. Okay? It is not eternal. Death is not eternal. Eternal life is eternal. Do you understand? The life that God gives is like God. It is all-powerful and eternal. Nothing can stop the life of God. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 24. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 24. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 24 says, After that, the end will come. Paul is talking about the end of days, no? uh, the end times. After that, the end will come when he will turn the kingdom over to God the Father. You alright? Having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Huh? How awesome is that scripture? The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Death is going to be destroyed. There is going to be an end to death. It is not eternal. It is not like God. It is not eternal. Many times people picture God and the devil as equal opponents. They are evenly matched. Many times you see this picture on the internet about Jesus and the devil having a, a what's this called? Oh. Arm wrestling. Jesus and the devil is arm wrestling and it's here in the middle. The devil's power is nowhere near God's power. Nowhere near. Death will be destroyed. Revelation 20 verse 10. Revelation 20 verse 10. Revelation 20 verse 10. Revelation is the last book of your Bible. Who didn't know that? Just, just joking. Revelation 20 verse 10. Then the devil, who had deceived them, was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. Joining the beast and the false prophet, there they will be tormented day and night, forever and ever. Yeah? The devil, the deceiver, the father of lies, there will be an end to him. No? They, he was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. The devil actually lost the moment he turned his back on God. He was a created being. He crea he, God created him as an angel. No? 
He was a created being versus the Almighty, the All-Powerful, the All-Knowing, the One and Only God, the Ancient of Days, the Beginning and the End. The, ne uh, the devil never stood a chance, but his pride made him blind and stupid. He deceived himself to believe that he could win a fight with God. Huh? How stupid must you be to think that you can defeat God? The same magnificent, wonderful being is the one who offers you his very own life. And there is no end to God's life. Think about it. It's a difficult concept to grasp. A life without end. Life without end. Eternal life. That's amazing. Wow. Huh? Think about it. God's life has no end. Eternal life. But He will not force you to have it. Verse 17 says, For all who receive it, no? For all who receive it, Romans 5, 17. For all who receive it, if we receive it by trusting Him, by faith in Him, and we receive it, we will live in victory over sin and death. You can live over, you can live in victory over sin and death. Revelation 20 verse 6. Revelation 20 verse 6. It talks about the believers. No? Revelation 20 verse 6 says, Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them the second death holds no power. The second death holds no power. But they will be priests of God and of Christ. And will reign with him a thousand years. <coughs> Hallelujah. If you are a believer, you will share in the first resurrection. Okay? The second resurrection is for the unbeliever. Okay? There will be two resurrections. First resurrection, all the believers will be resurrected to reign with Jesus for a thousand years. Then after a thousand years, there will be a second resurrection. Where all the unbelievers and the rest of the world will be resurrected. But they will be judged. They will be resurrected to be judged. Do you understand? Not, they will not be judged for their sin. Eh? They will be judged for not believing in Jesus. That is why they will be found guilty. Because they didn't believe in Jesus. If you are a believer, the second death will have no power over you. What does that mean? The first death is your physical death here on earth. Okay? The second death is the judgment. Okay? The judgment that the unbeliever will have. Do you understand? It is the same judgment where the devil, sin and death will be destroyed. Okay? So... We will all experience the, sick, the, the first death, but we will not all experience the second death. If you are a believer, you, will have, you have eternal life already. No? Romans 5 verse 20, I'm coming to a close. Romans 5 verse 20. 
God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. We know that's the purpose of the law, right? God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So, just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is amazing. As people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. What can we learn from this? What we have spoken of today. We learn that God's love and grace is far greater than sin and death. We will never be able to out-sin our salvation. If you continue in sin, your life is going to be a terrible mess. And you might even go to heaven earlier. No? But sin leads to death. Sin is no longer a part of us. We need to realize that. When we believe the gospel and put our trust in Jesus, God removed that sin that we got from Adam. That sin that was in us is what caused us to do individual acts of sin. I explained this. And that original sin is what made us sinners. Jesus pulled that sin out of us like roots, like he was taking out roots, like weeds in a, in a garden. He pulled out the root. That is why we will have nothing to do with sin, because it is not who we are any longer. Ne? Romans 6 verse 16 says, 6 verse 16, you don't realize, no sorry, don't you realize that you have become, sorry, I'm Demokon. Romans 6 verse 16, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose, whatever you choose, can you say whatever I choose, to obey. Okay, so we choose to obey sin. Okay? We need, this needs to also settle deep in our hearts. Okay? Some people don't believe it. Some people think it's just the way we are. Okay? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey. What? Choose to obey, okay? which leads to righteous living. If you are struggling with any kind of sin, it means that at some point in your life, you chose to obey it. You maybe did not realize what you were choosing, or you maybe even did not realize that you were making a choice no? yes. in that moment. Maybe you believed the lie without realizing it. But the fact is that you submitted yourself to sin and made yourself a slave. And this, we all go through this. We all go through this. The positive side is that Jesus has made us free and we can now choose yes. to be free if we believe it. No? God's grace washed away the sin that we inherited from Adam completely. It's like Paul says, the difference between the two is massive. There is actually no comparison 
like a grain of sand in the ocean. Think about the ocean in the whole world. The oceans of the whole world. One like a grain of sand. That is the comparison. Sin is nothing in comparison to God. Death is nothing in comparison to God's grace. Something else that we can see from this is that there is hope. There is always hope. No? This world will not continue forever. There will be an end to suffering and pain and death. We as God's children have nothing to fear with regards to the end of days. No? We don't have to fear death. I don't have to fear death. Say that. I don't have to fear death. Think about it. Think about it. You don't have to fear death. Many times people talk about the times that we are in. The end is near. We are in the end times. Instead of worrying or becoming fearful, we can instead become more and more excited. Because we know that waits for us. What waits for us. And lastly, we can enjoy eternal life. In the week at Life Group, we looked at what a wonderful gift eternal life is. It's relationship with God that starts the moment you are born again. And how do we apply all of this? We apply it by believing it. No? It's as simple as that. We apply it by believing it. We renew our minds with these truths that we heard this morning. And we root we root ourselves in these truths. Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Solaris Pass area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.ca.